It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thanks to the title sponsor of the big show. That is Big O. Uh, big O Tires, that is. Save up to $190 off Michelin tires with financing options available only at your locally owned and operated Big O Tires, the team you trust. You ready to get into uh, what's going on, Gordo? Yes, I am. It's always fun. Of course, the segment where we check in with the other shows on the Zone Sports Network. Uh, David Locke will be with us at 3.30, and uh, Coach Chiesa will join us at 5. But let's check in with DJ and PK. They had a discussion about the most encouraging thing about this win streak. Jeff says the best thing about this stretch is I don't think anyone has had to carry the team. Everyone's had different games where they've been the guy. Even our 8-9 eight and, eight and nine guys have had games where they've been the spark. And I think that's why the answer to this is largely no. We've nitpicked a couple things, but I think the answer is largely no. Because, guys, you know, Ingles has a 27-point game one night. But the next night he's right back at 14. It's not like he's been rattling off 24 and 27 one after another. He certainly has not done that. I don't know that he's – I guess maybe he's capable if he took enough shots, but that'll never happen. So there's no point in discussing that. You know, I could make a case, and this is actually a positive, not a negative <clears> – <throat> That Mitchell is playing a little bit below what he's capable of. Yeah, I and think that's you're right. Great. Yeah, right. It's good to know he has another gear. Yeah, because uh, the shooting percentages have been down. We had a listener who uh, yeah. who called our attention to that, and uh, and he's right. You know, there've, there've been uh, three of the last five games he's been below forty percent. He's only been over fifty once, and and I that's think of him as a guy news. who should yeah, who's probably going to shoot. About 40%, give or take a point or two. About 40% from three and about 45% overall. So, yeah, if he's down, he'll have the up and he'll get back to who he is. You know, your, uh, your baseball, you know, 280 hitter analogy. If you're a 280 hitter uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're hitting 215, well, you're going to have a hot streak. And if you're a 280 hitter and you're hitting 320, you've got some 0 for 4s in your future. Yeah, I think the good thing about Mitchell is he's the one guy that stats are somewhat irrelevant, and yeah. he's going to be judged by winning, mm-hmm. and he's going to be judged by winning plays. Yep. That's I said that why I think that I would take that situation, and I'd love to hear what Jazz fans have to say, and I, and I was just messing around and running out of gas on purpose and all that stuff, but uh, in, in, in a serious vein, I would love to see the Jazz in that situation where they're up one, down one. Let's just go up one, or no, excuse me, go down one, uh, with 24 seconds to go, Game 7 against the Lakers. I really like their chances because I believe Mitchell's clutch. I really do. I could argue, and he's just barely getting started, so it's a useless argument, I, but I could argue he is as clutch as any Jazz player has ever put on a Jazz uniform. And there's so much more to be done that it's sort of pointless to make it, but I believe in him. My point that I'm making is <clears throat> I have a lot of faith, knowing that most guys, Kobe, Magic, MJ, whoever they might be, they're going to miss shots in those situations. It happens. The greatest of the greats miss a fair amount of shots. So that's going to happen. But I believe in Mitchell's clutchness at the highest level, even though we haven't seen it. So maybe my belief is more faith than actual proof at this point. But I just believe it. I believe he has. A, he's a kid from the East Coast. You know, I love those people. I believe they've got stones <laughs> for whatever reason. I think they were born with them, and they can develop them too. And so I would love for that to come down. Game seven <clears throat> against the Lakers, they're down one. 
with one possession to go because I believe Mitchell can find a way. And maybe it's just simply as a decoy and somebody else makes a shot. You know, Jordan on his today's his 50th birthday and we saw the huddle to Kerr. I'm th- they're doubling me. Stockton's doubling me and I'm throwing you the ball. And basically the underlying tone was, hey, you bleeper, you better make this shot. Hmm. And I'm I'm bestowing confidence on you and in you to make that shot. And I think that played a factor in Kerr making that shot. Now, Mitchell doesn't have that cachet yet to do that, but I believe that he has the ability to get it done. So I would sign up for that in a heartbeat. And I believe most Jazz fans would agree with me to the tune of 75 80%. All right, there you go. DJ and PK talking about the most encouraging thing uh, through this jazz streak. And, Gordon, they hit on a couple of things you and I have been uh, talking about even today with uh, it's different guys getting it done different ways every night. Yeah, when he said that, I thought, well, that's exactly what you and I were talking about as well. But it is true. Uh, I don't know about – what do you think about PK's statement? you think that 80% of jazz fans would agree with him that Donovan Mitchell might be the most clutch jazz player ever? Oh, man. I don't know if he'd quite have the public on that side. Um, I mean, you know, we're going to talk to Locke later. We could ask about clutch numbers, but, you know, a guy His point is, I think, that Donovan Mitchell has such a bright future ahead of him. Which I would agree with, but, but, uh, you know, a franchise member hit a game-winning shot to send him to the NBA Finals, you know? That's a pretty big deal. Oh, yeah, that guy. I remember. That Uh clutch shot, which, granted, Donovan hasn't really had the opportunity to hit yet in his career, but that is a a check mark that – or a a box that goes unchecked thus far. Yeah, and we'll see how it goes moving forward. That's what's so fascinating about what we're witnessing this year is this is new – we haven't seen this kind of team play out of the Jazz. We haven't seen uh, – we've seen bits and pieces of leadership from Donovan Mitchell in the past. You know, his rookie season. That I think you've often brought up that, that series against Oklahoma City. He was he was pretty stellar there, you know. That, that, but, but that was new too. So it's kind of like we're going up the mountainside little bits at a time. And it, now this year we're seeing the results – of the growth of past seasons and he's got a little more help but it's all coming together and it's that's why that's why i really enjoy talking about this stuff is because it's not the same old thing it's something new they've taken it to a different level this team is not the jazz team of a year ago well in all honesty this is the most talented team they've had in a long long time yeah I mean, they they have figured, yeah, some things out, and and their game plans are terrific, and they scout, and they do all the little things, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, this is a really talented team. I mean, they have the sixth man of the year, or potentially, uh, I would say the front runner right now, Jordan Mm -hmm. Clarkson. They have, uh, you know, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, all-stars, credentials speak for themselves. They've got uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, who before he came to the Jazz was a borderline all-star carrying a playoff team in Indiana. Mike Conley, who his resume speaks for itself. An up-and-comer like uh, like Royce O'Neal, who just wants to go out and do all the stuff that nobody else wants to do. And a, a crafty vet in Joe Ingles, who will fill in all the gaps for whatever. And never mind that the bigness, biggest weakness of last year's team was the bench, and specifically Rudy's backup bid. Big, and you add Derek Favors back, all of a sudden you've got the best backup big in the league, and <laughs> and we should be surprised. I mean, I, this level of success is is just unheard of. So so don't get me wrong, but I mean, this is definitely the most talented team they've had in a long, long time. 
Well said, Jake. I really, you hit the nail on the head there. And don't forget that uh, I th- that the adjustments that Quinn Snyder has made is adding to that uh, that that stack of wins as well. He has uh, enabled this team. He's recognized what the players are good at, and uh, and and figured out what those talents are and how the potential can be reached for each of those individuals. I mean, it, it's no coincidence that, that uh, Jordan Clarkson's having the best season of his career, right? I agree. Uh-huh. And and you mm-hmm. might be able to say, I haven't checked the numbers on this, but do you think Joe Ingles is playing better now than he ever has? Yes. It well, looks the like last, it to me. The last five, six games. I mean, him stepping in for Mike Conley, certainly. By the way, do you think he's better as a starter than he is coming off the bench? Let's not go down that road because he's not going to be a starter once Mike Conley gets back. And he was playing just fine coming in off the bench. And he, I mean, if you listen to the Joe Ingles show from week to week, he is very, very comfortable right now with whatever role they're going to give to him. So let's not start that conversation because I'm not sure it's worth having. I don't know about that. Uh may not be true, but, I mean, that doesn't mean the conversation isn't worth having. Gordon, Mike Conley has the best plus-minus in the league. I, I mean, know. We I'm kept not, track no, of that no. historical. Hey, that's not what I said. I didn't say he should start. Well, I said, is he better as a starter than he is coming off the bench? I don't think so. Okay. Well, we know you want Royce O'Neal bench. That's a constant. No, so I've, I've been – got to tell you, I'm coming along on Royce. I'm a little late to that party. But uh, pretty hard to argue with what he's he's doing. Although he was he was heralded for his great defense, and then uh, Ben Simmons, who I know he wasn't covering the whole game, but uh, that didn't go so well, did it? I think Royce O'Neal uh, and the stretch of people he had to guard last week more than speaks for itself. Yeah, that is true. And he's hit some clutch shots, even in a game uh, where he wasn't really feeling it early on. He had some big ones at the end there. Including the one that I thought was the game clincher. But anyway. He went from Jason Tatum to Giannis (laughs) to Jimmy Butler to Ben Simmons. And he he did a really good job on all of them. Yeah. And isn't he hitting like 44% of his threes or something? Yes. And he's second on the team in rebounds. Yeah. He's he's grabbing eight rebounds a game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's the third time I've been wrong today. <laughs> you know what? Kawhi Leonard, honestly, when he was in college, put it best. Board man gets paid. Good for Royce O'Neal. Go out there and, and do the dirty work. And good for the Jazz for recognizing what a valuable role he plays on the team and putting him in a position to succeed. And, and Gordon, you I mean, you listen to the postgame sound, too. I mean, it seems like every postgame, one of his teammates is mentioning Royce for all defensive team. Rudy's done it. Uh, Donovan's done it, I think, a couple of times uh, as they, they're putting that out there because he's taking the toughest defensive assignment every single night and going out there and doing a great job. Now, I still don't think he matches up well against athletic point guards, which is another reason why they need Mike Conley back to guard those guys. But, I mean, certainly in the run that they're having right now, Royce has been very valuable. Do you think the worry about that uh, point guard, uh, stellar point guard play uh, a la the Nets with Kyrie Irving against the Jazz. Is that is that something to haunt the Jazz, or do you think that was just an aberration that would not be sustainable in a playoff situation, or what? Well, I wouldn't doubt Quinn Snyder to make the proper adjustments, but, I mean, yeah, if they hit Damian Lillard or, or Steph Curry in the, in the playoffs, yeah, they're going to have to figure that out. 
Are we past what Jamal Murray did to the Jazz last year in the playoffs? Um. Yes, I am. I could see why that might bang around in the back of somebody's mind. No, oh, whatever. That was such a weird scenario. I don't. I don't know. Plus, Jamal Murray's not having that great a year. Yeah, that is true. Which is, does nothing but frustrate Jazz fans even more. <laughs> Because he's not he's not as good as he was there, but uh, maybe someone could make the argument about Donovan Mitchell too. Because that was just some you're right that was some strange stuff going on. And no, but I mean there was no defense being played in the bubble. You know that's the other thing that that uh, PK said that I I thought was interesting about um, about uh, Donovan Mitchell being judged not by his individual statistics but by the team winning. Uh, that that's a that's an insightful comment. Well, I think Donovan Mitchell believes that. Yeah. Which is which is all that really matters. I mean that that gets back to what we were talking about yesterday with Ben Simmons in the locker room after they lost by eleven, talking about his big game. <laughs> that was so weird, and it was so weird that ESPN stressed that like that was the story of the game. The story of the game was that the Jazz are playing great. And Wasn't it Ben the Simmons scored forty two points? <laughs> I don't know. But that's this not is what a mixed that, but, up world sometimes. But that's not what's important to him, you know. And yeah, and by true. all accounts, what's important to Donovan is he's believing what you're talking about that the the accolades and and to get where he wants to go career wise that comes with the wins and he's and, he's going to sacrifice stats if he's got to sacrifice stats. And you know what evidence of that is that he's not you don't see him pressing uh, at times to hurry up and like like when Ben Simmons was playing the way he was everybody knows that there's still that thing that kind of hangs over that old rookie of the year all of that and and it wasn't like Donovan was trying to keep up he didn't have a particularly efficient night but it he, I didn't get the impression that he was trying to force anything you no, uh, and I, I think those instances this year have been r- really rare, mainly because they've been up by 20 most of the year. And maybe, and also because he's got, he's got that talent around him that you were talking about that he can depend on. Yep. I really, I do, I'm with you on that, and I'm with PK on that completely. I think Donovan Mitchell looks at this as I'm going to be judged favorably by what my team does, not by what I do. There have been too many guys who have had stellar statistics and whose teams just have not progressed to the point of being a real contender. And he's figured that out. And for a 24-year-old to figure that out, maybe it's easier to figure that out when you're, when you're in the, on a contract that's going to pay you $200 million over the next few years. But uh, I, I think he's got that completely uh, understood. And we're seeing the uh, the benefits of that as we watch. All right, uh, let's move on. It is what's going on. Let's check in with Hans and Scotty. They had Matt Harpering on. He gave his thoughts on the Jazz the last 20 games. All right, so over the last couple of weeks, everybody's talked about the Jazz. All right, well, let's wait until they play some of the good teams in the Eastern Conference. Well, they've done that. Now it's, well, let's wait until they play the Clippers and the Lakers. Well, that's going to that's gonna happen here uh, very, very soon. So, from your perspective, with what this team has done and what they've accomplished, uh, where are you at on this team right now, and how how good can this team be come playoff time? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm bullish. You know, it was you could see in the first you know ten ten or so games of the year, and you just say the Jazz are good. You know, no, like they're really good, and 
you know, and then now you're starting the national media in the last few weeks now are starting to come aboard the, the bandwagon a little bit more. But um, if you've been following this team, you knew what they had and, and what they're all about. And, you know, my view hasn't changed. I'm as bullish now as I was a month ago as I was, you know, two months ago. I, I, I think this, this team has a legit shot. You know, I think in the bubble it was hurt. Bogey's a huge part of this team, and him not being there, that hurts this team. That hurt that team in the bubble. Um, so I think being fully loaded, I think Conley being as comfortable as he is, and hopefully we might see him tonight. Um, but Bogey and then Clarkson with his groove that he's in, you know, I, I think – the Jazz players are in a good spot. They're riding high with confidence, which is great. You're getting another year under the belt with Donovan, a young superstar that's you know even better than he was in prior years, and the game's starting to slow down even more this year. Uh, Rudy is just you know it's fun to watch Rudy uh, because he it seems like he never takes a playoff, and he he still is out there with a the chip on his shoulder. He's still trying to block or challenge every shot, um, so they they play with you know an edge which is, is fun to watch for a fan. So I, I think they have all the ingredients of a, of a good team. You know, I, I think what they've done in the past week or two weeks here, they beat some really good teams. I think tonight's a big game. I think you're at the Clippers. Um, you know, the Clippers didn't play particularly well the first time um, that they played this year early. But I think, you know, I know Paul George is out. Uh, but I don't think, you know, the Jazz – I think the Clippers are not taking them, uh, like, for granted right now. I think this will be a great game. It will be a good test uh, to see where the Jazz are, and I think the Clippers want to see where they are right now too. Matt, is there anything that we can take from this 19 wins in a 20-game stretch and apply it to the postseason and say this is why this 20-game stretch has significance because it will mean wins in the postseason. Can we take that and, and just apply it and say, well, this is going to reflect in a first and second series win or victory, or do we just need to wait until we get there? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I don't know the answer to that one because, you know, you would you hope to think like, oh, well, they're the best team in the league. It's a transition to the playoffs. Um I don't know. What I know about the playoffs, it's a totally different game. And it's a matchup game. It's It becomes a, more of a slowdown game at times. Um, what you know when you get the first seed is you get home court advantage. Is that important this year with COVID? Not as much as it usually is. Um, and then, you know, you take a team like Milwaukee. You know, Milwaukee has the, seems to have the best record in the league for the last couple of years, and they go in the playoffs and they can't seem to get to the finals. Um, so I think – it's too early to tell, right? I mean, but all you can do is right now is the Jazz need to keep playing best they can be. They keep improving every night and every matchup. And, you know, I said this before, and I, I really believe this, they need to tune out the noise. And you're going to get the haters, you're going to get the naysayers, and then you need people that jump on the bandwagon on the other side. But I think it's the Jazz, and they've been doing a great job of this, is just staying in their lane and just keep doing what they're doing, man. I mean, they're just playing some great basketball. They're crushing people. Um, I think in the end that's going to take uh, advantage of it by just self-confidence and awareness of that team where they go play, whether it's a playoff game or a regular season game on the road or at home, that they're going to have that inner self-confidence and be like, hey, man, we're not going to get beat. We're, we're, we're good and we believe in each other. So there you go. That's Matt Harpering on with uh, Hanson Scotty earlier today. Your thoughts, Gordon? The word that I've heard more often with successful players and successful teams through the years, Jake, you know what word it is, right? Do you? 
donuts. <laughs> Confidence. And uh, you heard Matt talk about that uh, two or three times during and, that and sound. now you're going to talk about Jack Palance and, yeah. No, 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 not at all. But it's true. This team is playing with confidence. So one thing I would say is he kept saying that the Jazz are a good team. The Jazz have been a good team for a number of years now. The question is, are they a great team? You know? Well, they're certainly a great yeah. team right now, and they're on their way to becoming a great team or, or it looks like proving it. that they are a great team. I think so, too. Confidence is very sexy. There you go. Jack Palance. Jack Palance. Now, when I, when I say that, when you play that sound, do you think it spins the beanies of a, a lot of women, our female listeners? No. No? Not at all? Oh, I'm sorry, Gordon. Uh, you want to hear what? We'll, we'll tell you what you want to hear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Austin just had to X out the lines because we were getting phone calls. So, I mean, <laughs> pat yourself on the back, fella, because you still got it. Uh, I, I, do I? Uh, can you play that again, Austin? I, I want to. I'm just wondering if maybe that works for anybody. Confidence is very sexy. <laughs> I don't need some fancy cologne to tell me I'm a man. I use Skin Bracer. It smells great, but it also cools and tones my skin. That confidence is very sexy. See, he says it creepier Confidence than I Confidence is do. very sexy. You're no Jack Palance, buddy. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I think I, that, hold, that holds up real well. Doesn't it? Did he, was that the guy that played Curly uh-huh. in City Slickers? Yeah. Uh-huh. He was, he was in a lot of stuff. Confidence is very sexy. Sorry, Austin. I just did that for our female listeners. With that, let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, Andrew, you may have a few more clients on your hands after this segment. (laughs) Yes, confidence and blood flow. There you go. That's a great combination. There it is. Hey, get that confidence back. I like it. Yes. Well, ED can really hammer on the confidence. Uh, It affects the man, his significant other, Wasatch Medical, we like to think that we improve relationships by reversing or removing the erectile dysfunction. We use a Cambridge University study technology called acoustic wave therapy. This is so different because the pills for ED, they go after the symptoms, they cause headaches. Our treatments really go after the root cause problem, which is damaged blood vessels. We can open up those blood vessels very gently enough to reverse ED. We've seen guys in their 70s get back to function in the bedroom like in their 40s without having to rely on the pill. Which has just got to be amazing news for some guys, right, to get back to the spontaneity, get back to how things were? Yes, uh, we take it for granted. When we're in our younger years, things work in the bedroom like they should. We don't think about it. We don't stress about it. We don't pre-plan anything. Um, that spontaneity, is, it, it, it fades as a man ages. And as far as I know, the treatments that Wasatch Medical Clinic use, they're the only thing that can get that type of function back. 801-901-8000. Call, get on the schedule. Come see if this is a good fit. Right, Andrew? And a lot of extra today. A lot for free today. If you want to put a stop to the ED and improve the intimacy with your significant other, call us now. The exam and screening with the doctor that approves you for the treatments basically is free. He'll do a blood flow ultrasound free. 
a little gift that produces instant results in the bedroom. You'll love that, by the way. And free testosterone to new patients. So a lot of value. Call us now. It's no charge. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, guys. All right. We'll have more coming up straight ahead. Stay tuned. Locks next on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's highest-rated, most listened-to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally-owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk some jazz basketball with our boy David Locke coming up here in a moment. Don't forget, uh, Coach Gordy Chiesa will join join us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. It is a game night here on the station. Uh, Jazz Clippers at 8. Pre-game begins at 7, immediately following the big show. How's it going Sounds there, good Gordon? to me. You doing well? This is, one of those, this is one of those games, regardless of who's playing or who isn't playing, it, it captures your attention, for sure. Yeah, the Clippers are good. I mean, the... the I view the West as being a bit tiered, and you could argue which teams are in what tier, but uh, in my opinion, it's the Jazz, Lakers, and Clippers kind of in that top tier, and then a little bit of everybody else. And, uh, in you know, some people may argue Denver. Some people are getting on the Phoenix bandwagon, but it's pretty clear to me that those are the three in the Western Conference, and anytime two of those teams match up, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. And it's the, it's the matchup that is interesting because numerically – if, if both teams are playing and they're not playing each other, then obviously that counts just as much as playing against one another. But I want to see how those guys do when they're faced uh, uh, up one with another. And I don't know if Mike Conley's going to play. Uh, Paul George's not going to play. What's Kawhi's status? We're, we're not sure at this point. So we guess we got to wait and see. You know, people talk about the Jazz underachieving last year. I thought the Clippers underachieved last year. And I can't decide if I'm going to get that bad Mm, or that underachievement out of my brain, because I was all in on the Clippers last year. I thought they were going to win the title. I know you were. I remember when Denver, (laughs) before that Denver, when we thought the Jazz were going to face the Clippers, and it ended up being Denver, but either way, you were absolutely convinced that uh, nobody was going to beat the Clippers. And it didn't work out that way. Right, so I'm kind of second-guessing on how good do I think the, the Clippers actually are. Are they, you know, because Teron Liu, I think, has done a good job managing difficult situations in his career. If he's proven anything, I think he's proven that. But I don't know, is he the dynamic head coach that that team needs? Or maybe they don't need a dynamic head coach, and that's really the point. I don't know. But it all fell apart in really grand fashion last year. And maybe well, I should give them a break, there were, too. There were chemistry issues, yeah. you know? There were. And some people scoff at that stuff, but I think there's some truth in there. All right, his uh, visit each and every week is brought to you by our friends at the Murdoch Auto Group. Let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke with us. What's up, David? 
I'm waiting for my Murdoch Santa Fe to uh, do its job tonight and get me down to the arena. Yeah, man, you should have no Actually, problem with I have that, less, boy. I have less snow than you have, by the way. I'm certain of that fact. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I don't have – this is a – well, I mean, this is a lake effect uh, northwest flow. It doesn't get up to Park City as much. Have you ever, David, been scared or worried about uh, the commute down through Parley's? No. Um, I um, I mean, sure. I've, I mean, I don't know. You're – I mean, it took me. I had to go down and get tested yesterday. It took me three hours, so that was total panic. I appreciate the fact that we're trying to keep everyone safe, but let me tell you, that wasn't great. Um, so there's, I mean, there's days where it's a pain. Um, no, I've never felt that. Um, um, uh, yeah, I mean, no, that's not a big concern of mine. The plus. Can I follow? Can I follow up on that? What you said about the that being a pain, um, the testing. Uh, what do you think of uh, five players no, the, testing the, positive? The, the, te- the testing wasn't what was the pain. It was the it was the hour and a half each way that okay. was the pain. <laughs> okay, okay. But what do you think? What do you think of five players, NBA players, testing positive? Uh, the, well, the, weren't four of them first? Yeah, five overall. Yeah, but I think four of them. I mean, the, the more inch, the story that's worth following is the four that were Spurs and what happened, right? Um, there doesn't seem, you know, the NFL will kind of quietly say that they don't believe that they had any, um, um, the, the NFL doesn't seem to have, or at least will claim that they didn't have any, um, on field transmission. And I, I, I don't think that we, um, that we did either or that we have yet either. I don't know. I don't know that for a fact. Um, but I believe that to be the case that no, sport that I'm aware of has had an on has had transmission during an event. Hmm. That's really important for you sports also though. Like, like, I don't know why that actually, maybe no one's able to really prove these things, but it feels like that's something that should be talked about a lot. Certainly would agree with that. David Locke with us here on 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. David, let's talk about the jazz and, uh, and certainly the game tonight. Um, you, uh, over the last couple of years, have been as in on the Clippers as I have been. Uh, I know you're high on their potential, and I, I certainly know why. They're going to be without Paul George. Uh, last I checked, we're unsure about Kawhi Leonard. What kind of test are the Jazz in for tonight? So, I th- And I think they're without Nicholas Batum tonight. Um, That's correct. he comes out of the concussion protocol. That one you have to be a little worried about because the concussion protocol, sometimes some teams will list you as out until the moment in which you have been um, cleared. And so that's a, if that, if you follow me, like you're out and then you're in, you're not, you don't go through any middle ground because they don't know until you test. So there's a chance he could pass those things and then that could change. Um, I mean, I think they're in for a real test. I mean, the other night, a good example against Philadelphia, they had such a math advantage with the three point shooting that there's just kind of was no way that Ben Simmons's two point shots were going to catch the Jazz's three point shots. And this is not the case. Like the Clippers have, with Paul George out of the lineup, they're shooting a lot less threes than they were before. They they have they have dropped a little bit recently, so that's probably worth taking note of. Um, but they they were launching you know forty forty five percent of their shots as threes there for a little while, um, and and so the math advantage will not be as large as it was. Um, they have dipped now, and Paul George has since they've missed you know their last five games they. 
they've been at 27 and 26 and 32 and 32 percent of all their shots is threes and then 35 against Miami who is um, allows an awful lot of threes so I think due to Paul George's injury they have not been able to be back where they were once before so that might not be quite as big an issue as as we thought beforehand but um, that's one to keep an eye on that the Jazz might lose some of their you know massive advantage that they've had. David, I've seen that you've been tweeting out various uh, uh, statistics that uh, are important to what the Jazz are doing. If I were to try and pin you down on one stat that illustrates how great the Jazz have been playing, what would it be? Well, I mean, I, it's, I'm probably combining two here, um, but it's the high-volume threes at a high percentage. It's somewhat unprecedented. Um, so that, I think, you know, and then when – and that leads to everything else. Um, you know, the minute you try to take that away, then you're running into the situation where now Rudy's going to go score 27 at the rim. But, you know, there's some unique things going on in the league right now. Um, offense is up a fairly large amount over last year, and offenses usually get better as the year goes on. Um, the Dallas Mavericks last year, and I'm using cleaning the glass stats here, which eliminate um, – uh, blowout time, so they're not official, so I probably should be using, you know, like for, for the Sigmas. But last year, the Dallas Mavericks offensive rating was 117, which means that they scored 117 points per 100 possessions. Um, why is that relevant? Well, it was about um, six points better than league average, and it was the best offensive team that we've ever seen. So 117 and six points above league average. Well, this year, there are four teams that are exceeding what they did offensively last year. Two of them will play in the game tonight, both the Jazz and the Clippers. Clippers are the number one offense in the league. And the league average now is up about a point and a half. So it's one twelve point five. Well, the, we're not up. These, these teams are not up six points above league average. The Clippers are eight and a half points better than league average. Brooklyn's seven and a half better than league average. The Utah Jazz are kind of where, where, uh, Dallas was last year in a historically great season. They're six points, or they're but they're seven points above league average. So not only do we have four teams that are, uh, and we actually have five teams, if you include Portland, that are better than any team has ever been in the history of the game. Four of them are just blowing it out of the water in the Clippers, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and Utah. David, I've uh, I finally brought Gordon around onto the value of uh, Royce O'Neal, and I say that jokingly, but we had a conversation about him earlier in the show. And I've even heard uh, you mention a time or two that he deserves consideration for the all-defensive team this year. Talk about the how well he's playing, or, or not playing, I suppose, and what value he is bringing during this run. You know, in fairness to Gordon's ignorance, um <laughs> <laughs> Austin could use this as a uh, site at some point in yeah. time. If you've, know, it. if you've known how it's been going today for me, David, that would be even funnier. Thank you. But oh, what on. happened? What's I've going on, been, my friend? I, I, I've just been wrong three times on the show, including a Whoa. memory of my own. Yeah. Whoa, that's like, I mean, that's like, that's probably more. I mean, that's one of those things like we have to look at it and say, like, Three times in the last two hours compared to five times in the last, like, five years. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. All right. Knock it off. <laughs> I mean, that's really – it. you know, there's two ways to look at this. It's a rare outlier, or it's the day we look back and say, 
oh, that's interesting. He really, that was the day where it all began to come undone. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Let, let, if anyone's going to blame anybody for my radio career, it's you, my friend, because you hired me, remember? Yeah, but I mean, that was like 30 years ago. So if you've like <laughs> suddenly slipped into dementia, it's not my fault. Ouch. Oh, okay. All right. Whew. Now, well, what makes that even funnier is one was a memory. One of the instances where I was wrong was a memory of my own experience. So, uh, anyway, uh, let's move on. I mean, it all could stem back to the bike accident if we really start analyzing it, it, the data. It could. It could, to tell you the truth. You know, I, David, I don't know if you've ever had a bad accident coming down the ski slope or whatever, but when I think we of what... We don't talk about these things. Why do you guys all want to talk about these things? We don't. No, I'm I'm just, no, none of this, none I was of this like, on a call the other day, and someone wanted to start talking to me about the risk my kids take by being alpine skiers. I was like, can we just change the subject? <laughs> like, seriously, like... Why did you want to talk about this? Well, it was meant to be a positive because I feel fortunate when I think of how bad that might have turned out. But anyway, I think I'm still okay. I mean, I really, if we want to, all right, so this is the, you know, when you've been with people that have dementia, it's a, it's a tough thing. They can't remember things that just happened, but they can remember things that happened in the past. So maybe you should tell us where you were when the Eagles released their greatest hits album 45 years ago today. Yeah, I'm sure that's like crystal clear to you. <laughs> my my problem is I'm forgetting back then and I'm forgetting what happened five minutes ago. So maybe you're uh, right. Uh -oh. I don't know. It's the bike yeah. accident. No. Yeah, maybe. Anyway. All right. Where, where hey, David, we? David, can I? But, well, I asked all, about Royce O'Neal. Oh, I don't know go if Royce we're going to, yeah. you know. But Gordon's got a question, obviously. No, so no, no. You go ahead. You go ahead. I want to hear what David says about Royce's play. If I... I don't believe that this is an exact science, and so I'm pretty willing to kind of also say when I've been wrong. Um, at the end of last year, I questioned whether that was like a great contract to sign and kind of wondered, like on Royce, like he got the most open shots of any player in the league over the last three years. I was like, well, that's an easy job. Just shoot open shots. And I was like, he's only our best defensive player because we don't have other ones. But that's not true anymore. I don't know if it was true when the year started and I was just wrong or if he's changed. But Quinn make, made a really interesting comment. I asked him about it twice on the coaches show. If, if you want to, I can send it to Austin because um, I actually ran today on Locked on Jazz, so I actually have it handy. About he kind of, Quinn made this offhand comment about Royce O'Neal's in his second year as a starter and his second year as a defensive stopper, and he's really learned from both those. And then he just like moved on. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That was actually the most important part of that sentence. I need to go back to that another day. So I did this week. I went back to that. And he just talked about how, you know, playing as a starter is different. So he's playing as, you know, learning how to be the fifth best offensive player on the floor. There's a role to that because you're defended differently. And what are you going to do? And so he's, he's under, begun to understand how to do that. And then the second aspect of this that I think is really important to in regards to Royce, is that he's now guarding Jason Tatum for the third time. He's guarding Giannis for the third time. He's guarding Jimmy Butler for the third time. He's guarding whoever the best player, you know, if he's guarding Kawhi tonight, it's probably for the, the sixth time, right? And you just get better at it. You learn their tendencies. You know what they're doing. You know how to play. You know how to play without fouling. You understand how, you know, he probably – 
in the past, last year, I w- I'd love to talk to more about this. This is the classic example of the things we can't get right now because Zoom just is not going to get it for you. But, like, I'm going to guess that there was something where he used to guard, like, somebody and be like, oh, that worked. Oh, I'll do that again. Oh, that worked. I'll do that again. Oh, crap. Like, he just beat me because he had to counter that. But the player's a veteran, so the player waits until he needs to know when to use that counter because Royce just suddenly showed him the same defense four plays in a row. And I would guess that, I don't know, I'm just guessing that Royce doesn't do that anymore. But now sometimes he gets physical, sometimes he backs off, sometimes he hedges. You know, the defensive game plan is to get a guy going to the right, that he sometimes shows it early, sometimes shows it late, sometimes shows it in a different way, sometimes gets him there because, and I would guess that in the past, just in you're doing your first time, oh, that worked, I'll do that again. Well, these guys are geniuses with the basketball, and so you're not going to be able to do something time and time again. So Royce's evolution and improvement this year is a real story. I mean, our fan base sure loves awards, right? Like, I've never, I, I, maybe every fan base is like this, but ours is, there's really a validation out of our group that if we get some award, like if Jordan wins six, man, we might put a statue next to Stockton alone. Well, shouldn't Royce be up for most improved? He's certainly been very good. Well, he's certainly important. Too. That that award has always been like a backhanded compliment in a weird way, though. Well, right. I mean, like Lucas should have won it last year if he didn't. I don't even know who won it because I do think it's kind of ridiculous. It's usually come back from an injury award. Um, but um, you know, Luca is Luca. Last year was the most was unquestionably the most improved player in the league. Last thing for me, David, I just wanted to ask you about the reintegration of Mike Conley. Is it as simple as bringing him back and putting him in the lineup uh, beyond the physical side of it? Because I imagine he'll have some limited minutes moving forward. But you just put him back in and you just move on? I don't know. Boy, I hope he's not under a big uh, time restriction because that screwed him up last year really badly. Um I hope we're not playing that game again. I know you have to for medical purposes and things like that, but I know that really he struggled with that last year and that he just felt like that was kind of overriding his whole game. So it would be nice if we don't have to deal with that again. Um, and if he doesn't have to, from an integration standpoint, I mean, it's going to be great to have him back. I think this is probably as good as I'll ask Quinn about this today. I think this is about as good a six game um, stretch as you're going to see out of, uh, that you have ever seen out of maybe you'll see a better one, but that we have ever seen out of Joe Ingles. Um, but I don't like the fact he's been playing 33 minutes a night, and I um, uh, I would like to I would like to you know get him back down to probably 26, 27. His value as the year goes, he's incredibly valuable. His year, his value is that the is that the league, you know, that he's healthy whenever we get to the playoffs. I used to say, you know, April, May. I don't even know when we hit the playoffs this year. David, I have one last thing. Sorry, I know we're up against it a little bit. But when we started the show, both Austin and and, uh, Jake said that uh, they were going to rule their roost with an iron fist, and those kids were going to learn to be disciplined, and they were going to enforce that strongly. And now you're a little farther on down the road. I wondered what your thought is on on their intentions. Uh, Parenting is a game that you are playing for probably 18 years in which the only thing you're trying to do is make the kids not figure out you have no power. So that, that is the entire game of parenting, by the way, is that the truth of the matter is, wait a second, let me close the door. (laughs) Kids are home. Um, Is that you're really playing a a game. There's really nothing you're going to do, right? Like think about it. Just really walk through it, Jake. 
like if your kid is awful and doing terrible things, like you're not going to make them homeless. You're not. So you can pretend you have an iron fist. And if you let, if you think that will allow you to keep the facade up for the next 18 um, years, then go for it. But it's a farce and you're just trying to promote it for 18 years. Fair enough, but aren't food, water, and shelter pretty big motivators? <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Right, but they, they know they you, motivate but us all, of, right? Sure, sure. But like, really, go there and ruin it all because then they'll figure out that you actually won't deny them food, water, and shelter. <laughs> but see, that's you why I'm your child. prepared to do it. You're not actually. Like, see, this is the farce. <laughs> I knew I could count on you. I knew I could count on you, David. How How old are yours? Yeah, she. I've got uh, a three-year-old and one on the way, and I've all. I'm already prepping the three-year-old for her first job at eight. Okay, so I have a million thoughts on what you should do with a three-year-old right now. So if you want them, I will give them to you. We didn't do a lot of things right, but I think we did that one right. Okay. So I have a few thoughts. All so right, we can talk offline on that. Deal. Um, my my two favorite parenting things as we're almost wrapping up is the second one, sixteen. Was there was a day where they, they, my wife and I decided to just say yes to everything. No matter what they asked for, we said, yes, sure, you can have that. Sure, that'd be great. Sure, yeah. They hated it more than anything. Can you guys stop this? This is ridiculous. They hated it. And there's something to that, that the, you know, the structure and format and barriers you're giving a kid are actually they feel are love. So I do believe in that very strongly that if you set the barriers and give them, you know, that, that every time they hit that barrier, they know the reason that barrier is there is because you love them. Um, my other favorite line as they got older was, I think my wife used this one, like, hey, guys, life is really, really easy in this house right now. This is, like, awesome. You guys are amazing. You're, the, like, really well-behaved. You do your schoolwork. You're both excelling in athletics. Like, this is super easy. It's on you to keep it that way because we can make it hard really fast. <laughs> All right. See, words to live by. David, you never know what you're going to learn when uh, when we chat with you. So there you go. Thanks, All right. Buddy. Stay safe out there. Be See well. You. Back at you. There you go, David Locke. He'll have all the action for you tonight. Jazz Clippers starting at 8 o'clock. Pre-game begins at 7. We're way over. We'll get to a market update next on 97.5 and 1280. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for a market update brought to you by TridayTrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader. Visit TridayTrading.com. Gordon, how did the markets do today? Well, you want the good news or you want the bad news? Uh, I always enjoy the bad news. Okay. I'll give you that first and I'll give you the good news. The NASDAQ was down 82 points and the S&P down uh, a little over a point. Ball with a ball and a bang, a bang, dig it, dig it. What the hell's going on out here? Not good. The Dow was up over 90 points. Happy birthday, SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> How did we get Bowler to say that? <laughs> I like the drops, though. The drops definitely add to the, to yeah, the market. Yeah, they certainly do. All yeah. right, so some good and some bad there, on huh, Gordo? Yeah, the, da- 
The Dow's up uh, like 31,613. All right. There you go. It's climbing up. Go make that good money. All right. We'll have more coming up next. We'll have more uh, jazz basketball conversation. Gordy Chiesa joins us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. But let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our friend Andrew Reinhardt. What's going on, Andrew? Hey, guys. Uh, how you doing today? Hey, we're doing terrific. In fact, let's improve the day of some of our listeners out there. Let's help them out. Yes, we are helping so many guys, and we're helping uh, their partners. This is ED, an age-old problem that plagues so many guys. And there's probably a lot of guys that have heard us, thought about calling in, thought about doing something, but maybe the embarrassment uh, prevents them. We can fix the ED so easily now with acoustic wave therapy. This is Cambridge-studied, FDA-registered. It uses pressure waves that essentially very gently open up the blood vessels in this part of the body so that when the timing is right in the bedroom, the blood flows properly and guys don't need to take the pill any longer. So fix the problem, don't treat the symptom. Yes, that is what we're doing different than what men have done for erectile dysfunction for 30 years. They've thrown pills at the issue. It doesn't fix anything. They still have ED the next go around. We've seen guys get off the pill completely, get back to 20 years ago in the bedroom and really get that on-demand function uh, back. 801-901-8000 is the number to call. Get on that schedule and get a bunch for free, right? Yeah, so much for free. If you're sick of the ED, if you're sick of the pills and the side effects, you can take the first step in being analyzed by our doctor. Uh, he'll do an assessment. He'll do a blood flow ultrasound, and we'll do it all for free. And then you can decide, hey, these treatments are a good fit for me or not, but call us now. It's no charge. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. You got it, guys. All right, more Big Show coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.